The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Think about what people do when they don't know what to do. They do nothing. So what are you guys doing? Well, you know, right now we just don't know what to do. Okay, so but what are you doing? Well, we're not doing anything. And that's the way people have acted and regressed for years and years and years while people with the lies are out there doing something every day. With the lie. It's humanity's last chance in Andy Andrews' The Traveler Summit. glancing down here at our, I'm James Robinson, Betty and I welcome you to life today. I'm just glancing down to Andy Andrews. You know, all the books he's written, the bestsellers. And uh, the noticer, you know, the traveler's gift. How do you kill 11 million people? Well, we've got Andy Andrews with us and he's written a new book, The Traveler's Summit. And this looks like it's something about the traveler and sitting right here, I ask him about the traveler, if there'd be a sequel. Uh, well, let's just let Andy Andrews tell you what he told me. Would you welcome Andy Andrews back to life today? Andy, buddy, good to see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right yeah, yeah, yeah. I asked you here, you know, I said, you're going to have a sequel. What and I told you, I, t I told you, no, there will not be a sequel to The Traveler's Gift. Because I kind of thought about a Traveler's Gift sequel, and God said, don't be ridiculous. And I knew what he was talking about because it was the traveler's gift, seven decisions that determine personal success, right? And I really don't like it when people write the 10 laws of this, and then after the book sells, and the six additional laws <laughs> I also found, and the third law I found last night. You know, I mean, it's like they don't find them until the first book sells. Now they gotta sell some. And I just didn't want to do that. And the. You know, the book is about how he travels in time to several different people. And I thought, well, what would I do again? Have him travel seven more places? That's just cheesy. So, no, I'm not going to do a sequel. Okay. And I've done one. You had a sequel. Yeah. So it must not have been God telling you not to do one. Y'all yeah. were just having a little chit-chat. You know what? I think it, wasn't like I think it was. I okay. think it was because I think it was a timing thing. Well, this is actually not, it, I mean, to be honest with you, it's not actually like a sequel. It's a summit for crying out loud. Right. And it can stand alone. It well, can stand well, alone. it is. I mean, this is a gathering. <laughs> and I'm interested in this summit because God knows we need some summits. We've had some summits that appear to have positive effect. A major summit, if you actually heard truth, if you heard wise counsel and heeded it, that summit could have a positive effect on everybody on the planet, correct? I, th I think it could. I think a lot of times they don't. And I think one of the sad reasons they don't is it's, it sounds so complicated to everybody that it sounds like something somebody else is gonna have to do. You know, that we can be for them or against them, but we can't do anything. Yeah. And okay, but are you calling a summit? Yeah. Okay. It's the is traveler's this one, is, Okay, but is this one, does it have possibilities? I mean, I'm talking something positive, right. Andy. Yeah, and I, I wanted to, I, I felt led to write something that would be for Christians and non-Christians, that Christians would read it and totally get it, and to non-Christians, it would just be a great story. 
And, and the, the whole theme of the book is that that original traveler, now he's visited by the seventh, thing, the seventh person he saw, which is the archangel Gabriel. Gabriel just appears when he's 76 years old. He's wow. an old man. And yeah, he's older yeah, one than you. Yeah. Yeah. One more year. So, yeah. So, um, but Gabriel appears to him and it says that, um, you know, God is not pleased. And, uh, and before he does a rearrangement, he's going to give the travelers one last chance to, to answer one question. And if they answer this one question, then maybe God, maybe he holds back. And so the character says, like, what, what do you mean a, a rearrangement? And Gabriel says, well, I think you would call it the flood. But it won't be one. But it won't be one because he said he wouldn't do that again. So it'll be something like but that. But some kind of a big shaking, right. something catastrophic. Mm-hmm. And so they you know, get together. You know, we set the stage for that, that's right. what it looks like. And it comes, you know, we reap what we sow. Right. And it looks like something's coming. It's kind of built up to the point of becoming a, a tsunami effect, but it won't be water. Right. But it'll have a devastating effect. And so these summit attendees, yep. who, who, who are in the These summit? are all the travelers throughout history come into this like circular who? theater. Like who? Um, like Bear Bryant and... Um, and we're going to play football. Yeah, we got, we got everybody. I mean, it's like Socrates and Bear Bryant and, and, uh, Churchill. Yeah. Oh, that Churchill's kind of at the table. He's at the table. See, only seven of them are at the oh. table oh. and they get five chances. Here's the question. The question that they have to answer is what does humanity need to do individually and collectively to restore itself to the pathway towards successful civilization? And they get five chances to answer it. And every time they miss an answer, they get to add another traveler. So at this table, you have Winston Churchill, Joan of Arc, King David. You have Abraham Lincoln, George Washington Carver, and a guy that you don't really know who he is. Is he, is he successful? Does he appear to be? Yeah. What's, and, he, what, what's made him appear successful? Well, it turns out very quickly Winston Churchill because they don't know who he is when he shows this guy shows up at the table. And he's a real guy from history. I love finding things from history that people hadn't heard. And this is a guy, his name is Eric Erickson. And when he was at the table, uh, they asked him, may we ask where, because yeah, they didn't have any clue. You mean and Churchill is named Eric? No, this new guy the new, the new guy. at the table. The and so, okay. so Churchill asks him, you know, can you tell us a little about it? And the guy says to Churchill, I think you would have referred to me as Gallant Knight. And Churchill was like stunned because all of a sudden he knew that was the guy's code name during World War II. Mm. And this is a guy, the way I found him, I was reading these transcripts and I found that I'm probably the only person you know who's read the Nuremberg transcripts. And one of the Nazi generals said, just as an aside, if it weren't for Erickson, we would have won. And of course, that's all it is. And I'm like, who's this guy? And it took me a couple of months, and I found that Eisenhower, when he was president, said, if it hadn't been for Erickson, we'd still be fighting the war. So now I'm like, <laughs> Who's Erickson? And I find out this is a guy who gave his, gave his public persona, gave his money, 
and literally left America, denounced America to go undercover in Sweden and was in and out of Germany. Me had a pass from Hitler and it was because of him. And this is true. This is true. Yeah. This is true. Mm -hmm. And, and um, you know, he was the guy who had made a deal with the, um, with the Nazis to create a synthetic fuel plant in Sweden so that they could put their money in it and save it. Well, he was an oil man from Texas. He didn't really know anything about synthetic <laughs> fuel, but the Nazis had developed this and they had jet planes. But every time, you know, and he told Himmler, he said, I've got to visit the synthetic plants to know how to do this one. And it seemed like every time he visited, they got bombed into rubble. And every time they just about went online, they got bombed again. <laughs> and, and the true story of World War II is we ran them out of fuel because they couldn't get fuel and from Eric any other was doing this. And he did it. And after the war, they held a, in Dallas, held a State Department dinner with a thousand people that had just, were horrified several years ago by the way he acted toward the Jewish people and stuff. And the state dinner, uh, had all these people in Dallas, and they said, we'd like to welcome our special guest. And he came out from behind the curtains, and people just were like this, and and um, and they said, they told the story, and they said it was all for America. He did this all for America. Wow. I can't believe people okay, can't believe he's in this story. I mean, what's he, I got him book. over here in this He's book, Eric Erickson okay. in the book. It's okay. What's the question that uh, came up here? That we Yeah, what does humanity need to do, okay. individually and collectively, to restore ourselves to the pathway of a successful all these civilization. All people answer from their point of view. Yeah. Well, I want you to please tell me if somebody goes, because they're going to have an interesting journey, they're going to hear a lot of things. Right. I need to know what are they going to walk away? What's the takeaway when they get through this book? I want people to understand that they have been putting effort aside for years and years because they didn't understand what they were supposed to do, how they could do anything, how they could matter. And we dial down to the essence of why Christians and good people around the world have let the world be taken over. And what we dial down to, because you know, they, they explore hope, they explore integrity, they, they explore everything that they think it could be. And it finally gets down to, the answer is so simple. What they're really supposed to do is something. Something. You can't do everything right now, but you can do something right now. You can't get all the answers now, but to get toward the answer, you can do something. Think about what people know, think about what people do when they don't know what to do. They do nothing. So what are you guys doing? Well, you know, right now we just don't know what to do. Okay, so but what are you doing? Well, we, we're not doing anything. And that's the way people have acted and regressed for years and years and years while people with the lies are out there doing something every day. With the lie. Mm -hmm. All right, let me just say this to you. I've never been able to do nothing. I've never been able to sit back and watch the world run madly off the cliff, run propelled by foolishness and lack of wisdom. Every, everything I see, I see possibilities far beyond what most people think. You and I are pretty good friends. 
you don't do nothing. If you and I are doing nothing, we're listening to try to hear what the something is that matters to somebody. Because everybody, you, everybody matters to God. So I'm going to be involved in somebody's life. Somebody may say, well, that's not necessarily going to change the world. Well, it'll change that person's world, possibly. It'll change my world because I care about their world. Are you trying to, am I making any sense? Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that people who do something, frankly, are a minority right now. And I think we have to pick it up. But to pick it up and get rolling with it, people have to understand that, you know, in America today, we've got a, we've got a, overall, a leadership problem, okay? Well, the essence of leadership is influence. And the essence of influence is agreement, not disagreement. It's agreement. And so we have to focus first on some of the things we do agree on. We do want, you know, whether you're a red or a blue, whether you're a D or an R, whether you're a Christian or an atheist, do you want the best for your children? Yes, I do. Okay, we agree on that. Uh, you, You know, you can ask anybody out there, do you think politicians should lie? and be able to lie, or should they tell us the truth? Everybody you meet will say, oh, they should tell the truth. Even if they're lying about it, they'll say that, right? (laughs) And and so so we find something to agree on to begin that conversation and begin a focus forward. So what you're trying, and through this book, you're trying to inspire people to do something, to find that something that God wants them to start, a place to start. Do you give them suggestions of something positive? I do, and and I do I mean, it. You can through go Abraham. shoot people. It's not very good. That's I, right. Something. That's well, what I, a lot of people are doing. I do it through Abraham Lincoln. Uh, Lincoln tells tells the story of of meeting some guys outside the White House when presidents used to walk around, and they were out of work, and and he talked to them about the necessity of doing something. That that you know, he, and he says in the book, he says. You know, if you're out of work, you need to look for weeds to pull. I'm not saying that you ask somebody, will you pay me to pull those weeds? I'm saying you see the weeds, pull them. That when you make yourself of value to other people, not only will they listen to you, you'll have influence, you'll you'll get paid. Money's the least of your worries if you become valuable to other people. You know what I, I want to believe that could be happening in the book? God invited not just Isaiah, but a whole nation to come to the table of reason. Come, let's reason together. We seem to be an unreasoning generation, an unreasoning society, an unreasoning leadership core. But you hit it right on the head to come to the table of of reason. Exactly. Washington, after the Civil War, which is one of the most awful things to ever happen to a great nation. Right. And everybody had their reasons. But the leaders on both sides, Lee and Grant, they came together to be an answer to Lincoln's request and prayer that we could bind up the wounds of a severed nation. Andy, I gotta be honest with you. I'm so tired of watching people fight and I'm kind of a pretty rough guy myself. You know, I've always been known as, you know, the, the guy that, you know, right. would come into town fighting. Duke I'm, it I'm, out. I'm, I know. Still, I could duke it out, I'm still a fighter, but I'm, I'm so carried by a greater power than fighting and that's love. And I love people that fight. 
I love people that pick fights. I love people that make mistakes now. But I really do believe that if we could come together and not just try to reach out and have a handshake and not just get our arms around each other in some kind of a little, nice little hug. Right. But get the arms of God, so to speak, around all the broken hearts, around all the confusion and desperation and depression, dissension, division, animosity, and let that love flow. Because I'm going to tell you, in those two generals that I just referenced, in Lee and Grant, a miracle started happening. And then I think it happened with the prayers of a man that got shot. And some of the greatest speeches you'll ever read, Abraham Lincoln delivered. And I am telling you, if God could take a nation born, I believe supernaturally, and through that civil war, that we could come back and bind up the wounds of a terribly severed nation. We can see it today. Father, I, I want you to bless everything Andy does. I love this man. I, I don't just know him as a writer or a guest on television. I know him as a father, a husband, an American, a person who cares. And Lord, I want to join Andy and Betty and I do. And I believe our viewers all over the world and just really trying to get people to the table of reason. Lord, to see severed people, severed relationships, yes, a too often severed nation or nations come together in supernatural unity. We pray for that miracle in Jesus' name. Do you appreciate Andrew, Andy Andrews? For the, you got, I'm gonna call you Andrew Andrews. Andy Andrews. You got me so good now, I gotta go to Andrew Andrews. He, he is just, you are such a blessing. And just, you know, I know I know one of your boys pretty well. The other boy I've heard about him so much. You do your kids or something else. Well, I think you're gonna be able to write a story. Said, Tell you how. And well, I ought to be able to write a story about it. Yeah, you're gonna be able to write a story about those boys. You know, Andy, you uh, by the way, it's in the bookstores. It's uh you can get it online, go right now and get it. And here here's the thing. Isn't it wonderful that our viewers, when you show them something, you talk about do something, and I say to our viewers, uh, do you think you could uh, would you mind just giving somebody who really is thirsty? Would you give them some clean water? And you know what many of them say? I'll give them a well. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to watch this, Andy. My All family you did that with yeah, you I'm guys. You. Our Christmas present to Beautiful. each other was the well. So many. I want you to watch this and see if you don't want to give somebody a cup of water. You want to do something. Maria, I know it's very difficult to to talk about these things. I know you're heartbroken, and I'm, and I'm sorry I can't do anything today to change that. But we want to share your story back with people who want to help. Can you tell me about that? Namuhungu <laughs> 
Our goal is to bring clean water to this village so that your two grandchildren that are still with you will survive. Well, grandmother, great-grandmother, what do you say to our viewers? I just, uh, you know, there one moment she said, I just want to go be with them. And uh, I know with the daughter in heaven, we could say, Robin, we, we're going to be there, sweetheart. But I know you would say, mom and dad, stay there and make sure everybody can get here. And you'd say, keep helping people. Wouldn't you? Absolutely. And how can your heart not hurt along with this mother and this grandmother that has two grandchildren left and she so dearly wants to keep them alive. She's lost most of her family. How can we not want to reach out and help this mother and grandmother? Let's give them the water they need. That's a very simple solution, but very difficult for them to find that solution without our help. They can't. So please join with us and let's drill the water well so that we can save these children's lives. I pray, dear God, that everyone who can help will do so. In Jesus' name. You know, we've drilled 6,000 wells. We, you, you who watch life today. But she needs a well. And we found hundreds of other areas that the missionaries have showed us just like that. Just, just like what you saw, and the situation's the same. And we have an absolute 100% perfect cure. We can't walk in and cure cancer everywhere. I think that's coming. I honestly believe we're going to learn a lot. Matter of fact, we'll talk some this week about how we actually find health miraculously, just with wisdom. But we can cure this problem, and we can do it immediately. We can drill a well. So I'm asking you, just let's start. We've already found and located and started on 200 wells. They're still $4,800 a piece. I don't know how long that's going to stay there. But could you give a well? Could you give half a well? Because somebody would say, $4,800. What about twenty-four, twelve? And by the way, if you give the twelve or the $2,400, you immediately say, God, here's my $1,200. Please raise up three more and we'll have a well. Here's my $2,400. Lord, raise up somebody who can do this. It's at the level that God has blessed you, that out of that blessing, you're able to reach out and touch others. Keep this in mind. The majority of the income for drilling wells comes from people who give $48. And when you break that out, we found that average is giving 10 people water the rest of their life. 144 gives 30 people. There's a level at which everyone can participate. We have some beautiful gifts to send you. You're going to love it. Praying grace. Boy, I'm telling you, you talk about a devotional, a prayer devotional. This will bless you. 
And uh, I think you're going to like the tumbler, uh, hot or cold. And uh, the beautiful bronze that we have, and boy, do I love this, because I feel like a shepherd, the Lord, holds me. Here's a shepherd holding a little lamb. That, that's how we reach out. You know what? We send these gifts to you to just simply say, we want to bless you and say thank you because you've blessed others. And they become a conversation piece. People ask you, where'd you get that? And then you can encourage them to give somebody some water. Would you go online right now or dial that number, take your bank card and use it like a check and make the gift God puts on your heart, please. Right now, just take the time to do it now. And thank you so much. Today, a mother living in extreme poverty will do the unthinkable. Give her children dirty, disease-filled water that she knows could kill them. With no other choice, what's a mother to do? With your help, clean water is on the way. Mission Water for Life provides a way for parents to save the lives of their children, to offer them a bright future free from the fear of death. With your gift today, you can help drill and establish the first 200 water wells of the year. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five children. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10. $72 will provide for 15. And $144 will help provide life-giving water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, we'll send you the Praying Grace 55-Day Devotional. This new devotional will help you renew your mind to the realities of God's grace and help you pray powerful grace-based prayers for each day. With your gift of $100 or more, request the Praying Grace Tumbler. This reusable 16-ounce container is constructed with insulated stainless steel, perfect for hot or cold beverages. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people, or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well. And you may request the beautiful new commemorative bronze sculpture, Safe in the Shepherd's Arms. Please call, write, or make your gift online. You know, uh, Andy's a remarkable guest. By the way, if you'd like to have the book, Andy will send them the book to say, so say thanks. But Andy said something to me in bed just a moment ago. He said, here's a suggestion. Many times when there's a special occasion, people will say, what do you want for your birthday? What do you want for your anniversary? He just suggested, Andy, Andrews, said, why don't you say, would you, would you make a gift toward a well? and ask them to do that instead of giving you something. And you could have them give it to you, be honest, send it on for the well. Or you could tell them where to send it. That's a good idea. Y'all agree with Andy? You appreciate him being here the book, the Traveler Summit, in the bookstores. You help us get a cup of water, you want this book, we'll send it to you and say thanks. Thank all of you. Andy, thank you, buddy. Love you. Love you all.
we were supposed to be a part of a family now. Absolutely. And it drives me nuts that the gangs are a better picture of that than the church. Next week, Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.